Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burrows and guests. Welcome to the NZ Tech Podcast. We are coming to you direct from Los Angeles. Tonight, we have myself, Paul Spain. You have Bradley Burrows. And back in the studio in Auckland, it's Skip Parker. Wow, that's quite a delay there, Skip. Well, I was actually pausing to see if you were going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good, good. Well, um, let, let's uh, let, let's kick in to uh, to our agenda. Bradley and I uh, got here into Los Angeles on on Friday, uh, LA time. I came through on a uh, on a Qantas flight. Arriving uh, in the very early the early hours of uh, of Friday morning, and uh, Bradley came in on uh, on Air New Zealand. Yes, uh, at about lunchtime. Uh, so we've we've had the uh, the last few days to have a little bit of a look around uh, what's what's happening uh, here in Los Angeles from a uh, technology perspective, and uh, we have a bunch of uh, bunch of interesting bits and pieces to uh, to chat through in those regards. And of course, we're here um, prepping up for four more podcasts to be released this week, uh, all about the Microsoft WPC conference, which uh, takes place in uh, in Los Angeles this week. So we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, but but first up, uh, let's dive into uh, to chatting through the uh, the bits and pieces we've uh, we've seen around the place, Brad. Yeah, so we're, we've had an interesting few days, um, I suppose. One of the key things for us coming over a little bit earlier was to experience some of the um, stores, the Microsoft Store, the Apple Store, and the Sony Store, um, which we really don't have that level of, um, I suppose, exposure in New Zealand. There is an Apple Store in Australia. So, yeah, we, we had the, the pleasure of actually going around and, and viewing um, all these three stores in, in one of the local malls here. And um, it was a real, really good experience for us to sort of see how the different competitors are all positioning themselves. Um, I, I suppose the first thing for, for me was we, we, we did them in Microsoft, Apple, then Sony, then back to Microsoft. That was the order we did it in. That's right. And it was really, really interesting. What, what were your thoughts, Paul? Well, the the Microsoft store, I guess none of the stores were really massive stores, but when you walked in, there was a there was a bit of a wow factor. They had a um, a video wall, really, which was I don't know how many uh, screens it was it was made up of, but it was these sort of um, you know joined together large, I don't know maybe you know forty two inch type screens. Uh, to make up a huge video wall, um, Brad, do you recall sort of how many screens high it was? It was maybe four, four screens four high, screens high, and then the length of the um, the length of the store all down one wall and then down the other wall. So you know there literally were dozens of of individual you know screens that were all uh, uh, making up this video wall. Really impressive, actually. Yeah, really good. And I mean, what they were showing us around that wall was obviously Windows Phone 7, Connect, but they also had previews of some of the other products like Intune and some of the live services, which we will look at talking a little bit later because the experience of Google and Microsoft over here is completely different to what we experience in New Zealand. And we'll go the online service. The online and, and the richness of it. So, yeah, so we'll talk a bit about that a little bit later in the podcast. But, yeah, no, that, that was definitely, um, you know, a, a really nicely set up store. The other thing that was interesting, and, and this was where they were sort of crossing over with Apple, was that in the Microsoft store, there was a really heavy focus uh, on the tablet or, or slate type. Um, uh, you know, computing, and there are a whole raft of different devices. Yeah. And you know, this is gear that, in most cases, uh, we haven't seen in New Zealand. You know, there's a few devices that are available in New Zealand, um, like the the Acer Iconia W500 and so on, uh, but not really a, a good range, and and not generally anywhere you can go and actually see these products and you know get a hands on and see well you know how heavy is it, is this something that would suit me and so on, and uh, yeah, really nice the way they had those set up, and a lot of cases paired with a keyboard so you could you could see them in that type of uh, setting as well as 
being able to use them on their own. So, uh, yeah, some really nice tablet um, tablet Windows machines. Yeah, I think for me especially is that I've seen a lot of tablets recently, but they've been quite chunky. Now, these form factors were really quite tiny. They were iPad they're, they're, 1-ish, but maybe a little bit thicker. Yeah, still, still bigger and heavier, yeah. but, you know, you've got a full-blown operating system. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I guess Microsoft was showing off you know, in as in as much detail and and of putting their best foot forward in terms of what they can deliver over Windows with Windows Seven at the moment, yeah. and we know that it's not really going to be until Windows Eight comes along that they've got a you know a really complete offering that will uh, you know compete from the the you know iPad type uh, device in terms of simplicity, you know, up to replacing you know a laptop and, and desktop type machine in one device. Yeah, for for me, Paul was joking as we're going through, but there was a dual alley screened laptop there and this thing is something I've never seen before for me and it was basically two screens put together and you could actually then have a virtual physical well, of, so of where the, the keyboard would usually be is an LED there, there, there's another screen so uh, yeah it was amazing and this thing was really good it still lacked that iPad touch look and feel or the Android but you really got a sense for where with Windows 8 on top of that that suddenly you could actually have a device where you could actually just not, not have a keyboard at all you could actually have two screens and you could actually drag pages of a book from one side of the screen to the other and it was, it was a very 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 nice system so um, they also had a Microsoft Surface device in there um, and we're hopefully going to look at the Surface 2 devices at WPC tomorrow uh, we've lined that one up um, but that has Surface 1 in there and they actually had some really good demos on there for us to play games, applications and that was quite a good interaction experience mm. The other thing we saw from from Microsoft was the full suite of Windows Phone 7 handsets which again in New Zealand yeah, we've got yeah, really a pathetic <laughs> sort of selection of, of of devices in that Windows space, uh, particularly when you compare it to the number of Android handsets that are coming through, and obviously easy accessibility to to all things, you know, Apple in terms of iPhones and and so on. So it was good to get hands on there. The the one device I hadn't uh, had a chance to have a look at was the uh, the Dell Venue Pro, which is a really slick little phone and it's a vertical slider so you could actually slide our little um, I guess Blackberry like keyboard in a yes. way uh, very nice yeah. yeah so overall I, th- I th- you know, thought Microsoft did a really incredible job with, with their store what, um, what, what was interesting was that when you look at these types of stores whether it's Apple uh, Microsoft or Sony is because they have their own sort of resellers out there selling their products, uh, they have to be very careful about how they compete with with all of those vendors. So that that was interesting, and in that you know you could pro- probably most of the stuff in the Microsoft store you would be able to find elsewhere at a lower price. Uh, I mean, it was it was reasonably hard to gauge what they what they were selling. I mean, we didn't notice anyone carrying out a whole lot of boxes with monitors and PCs and so on, right? Yeah, look, for me, I think there was two things I really liked. Um, one, it was nice to see a full collection of the Microsoft products together, like the phones, all the tablets, all the really nice Samsung Series Nine devices were there. Connect games. It was just nice to see the whole sort of suite. So and the latest and greatest. The latest and greatest. This, uh, the other thing that I really like that we don't have in New Zealand is that when you buy a PC from a manufacturer, they put all their own software in it. And Microsoft actually sell at the store something called the Microsoft Signature Range, which is a lean, mean, cut down version of the OS installed. So it's a full blown OS, but it's been tweaked. It's really nicely put together and it doesn't have all the additional features, if you like. Well, not features, software applications. Bloatware, some people call it. Yeah, bloat, I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> um, but that was really nice to see them doing that, that they've realised that they need to have more control, like Apple do, mm. over what the operating system and have that good user experience. So, And they have everything like you do at the Mac stores. They have people there helping you and teaching you and they're running sessions. So they, they have copied that model, but the shop itself was really, really nice and big and spacious and of course friendly staff so it was a good experience it a really was, good experience it was. so yeah following our visit to the Microsoft store we ducked across to the Apple store now that was a smaller store than the Microsoft one wasn't it it was a sort of a narrower store yeah definitely uh, but it looked a lot sort of more buzzing and busy uh, 
a because it was a smaller store but but sort of primarily because there was more people in there there were a lot of apple stuff Right. Half the store would have been Apple stuff. There were about 23 blue shirts, which is what the Apple stuff wear. Um, but definitely, it was long and narrow, and it really made the appearance that when you looked outside, that it was really busy. Mm. Uh, the Microsoft store had maybe 10 people in it max, whereas the Apple store probably had 20 to 30 customers and probably another 20 to 23 in total mm. um, Apple people. So you had 50 people in there, so it gave a really good feeling that it was busy. Mm. I mean, we went there afterwards. In fact, actually, when we went back to the Microsoft store later on, it was a, it was a bit busier, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so, so the Microsoft store has only been open two weeks. Mm. So it's very new. They are, obviously they've opened up sixteen or seventeen around around America right now. But um, the Apple store was good. That it had there was lots of devices in there. Um, but the devices you saw I, for me, I got very iPad saturated. If that makes sense, um, you walked in there and everywhere you went, there was just an iPad. You couldn't actually look at. You would have a laptop and there'd be an iPad. So for me, it was sort of like, yeah, but there's nothing really different. You got the beautiful laptops they've got in there, but there's just iPads everywhere for me. Yeah, I mean they've they've got they've got what they've got, haven't they? They've got a they've got a smaller uh, a smaller selection of of equipment that's available, mm-hmm. and you know that was certainly very very noticeable. And in fact, you know, I remember walking in on the right hand side, and you know. Oh look, there's there's their tablets, uh, there's the iPads, right? And there was probably six, seven of them all in a row, right next to each other. Whereas in the Microsoft store, you go to a particular space, and there was a whole lot of variety of you know different products from different vendors. Uh, but the Apple thing, I guess, was more about you know giving people access to their you know a lot of people access to exactly the same products. Yeah, I mean, obviously their software selection is getting narrower as the App Store grows and by you know ten, twelve million. So I suppose, and that was the same in the Microsoft Store. I didn't see a lot of software there. To, you could buy a few games and stuff, mm. but definitely in the old days, I think you would have probably gone in there and seen a wall of software. Mm. Now you're really noticing that it's just purely the hardware that you're seeing in front of you, accessories and so on. The yeah. Apple Store had a, a good range of accessories you know uh, yeah, bags for your laptop and iPad cases those sorts of things so um, that was good it was good. It, it was good I mean I think when they, um, when Line comes out then we'll be able to hopefully see something new there but I suppose for us at the moment it was sort of the same old same old we've all got Macs at the moment and there wasn't anything where we're going wow there wasn't an iPhone 5 there wasn't an iPad 3 there wasn't a lie in there but it was good to see how they've done it and they do a fantastic job at presenting their products yeah and I think that would be the case with all of the stores they can't really show you something that, that's, that's yeah, not totally not there, not there yet uh, I mean yeah maybe you know Microsoft they, they tend to chat a little bit more about their future products so you know they might start showing off videos and, and things of some of those future products but uh, I guess quite a different business model too because I think Microsoft Store is there to sort of show off all of these bits and pieces not necessarily the cheapest place to buy all of them uh, the Apple Store because of the way that Apple works with their their margins and their and their pricing um, you, know, you very rarely see a discounted Apple product so the price of the product in the Apple Store very similar to most of the other retailers so you know, I imagine that that then makes that you know a a place of choice for people to buy uh, their Apple product as much. You know, they seem to be moving you know more product than uh, that. Well, the other the other stores that we looked at, right? Yeah, Microsoft Store only saw one or two people buying product. Hmm. There were people being trained up, but they weren't actually walking out the door with like monitors and laptops. And it was like a similar story yeah. with the Sony Store, right? Yeah. Now the Sony Store was really really cool. There was a lot of different products. You had you know these HD uh, cameras set up. There were people there ready to just come and chat to you and show you the products and you know keen to keen to get you trying things out and so on. Sony store was massive. Well, so we have Sony stores in New Zealand. Multiply that by three, and that's the size of this thing. It was humongous, and. Like Paul said, they had a lot of new technology there which we haven't seen down in New Zealand. One of the big things that we played with was a, a handy cam, um, a digital camera that you could hold and it would project a 3D image up on a screen and you could put your glasses and literally record 3D all around you. Um, that was really nice, really, really nice. But they even actually have got small um, bloggy cameras and these are similar to the old um, the Cisco branded ones the flips but these actually record in 3D as well so 3D is a big play for them at the moment I mean everything we had 3D laptops that we all had a go of there was 3D TVs there was 3D movies there was just 3D everything was there 
Yeah, it was cool. One of the interesting things I noticed, and you know, you notice this across the three stores, is very much a focus on look making their stores look stylish and cool, putting the products in the best light. And in fact, right at the very front, as you walk into the Sony store on the right, was a I think it was a sleek sort of glass table with a laptop sitting on it. Yeah, and I guess it's trying to show you what it might look like on your coffee table sort of thing. And there was the laptop just on its own, no power plugged into it, etc. So you think of the, the obviously the logistics there, they've got to have out the back they're charging up some batteries so they keep this demo unit sort of sitting uh, sitting there up front. Um, they made all these little steps that they had done to obviously have things looking really sleek and as customers would pick up and have a little play with the product they were going back and straightening them up like they would in a you know trendy sort of fashion store and so on. Uh, so a, a real lot of effort into uh, you know showing the really showing the products off, making everything look um, as styly as possible. Yeah, I mean Sony's store for me was really impressive, really impressive. I mean, like I mentioned earlier on, we do have them in New Zealand, but this this is a different level of what we see there at the moment. Uh, and the fourth and final store we went to was on the Friday, which is Fry's, um, which. I don't know how to explain fries. What's the best way to explain that? Fries is like a massive technology and electronics supermarket. You, yeah, there. You, you, you grab a shopping trolley or you grab a shopping basket, whichever you prefer, and then there are aisles upon aisles upon aisles pointing in all directions uh, of of technology, pro, you know, products. And there's a uh, you know, a, a cafe sort of diner in the corner. Uh, you know, amazing, huge sort of warehouse space, and then in, in terms of, uh, I guess, making it sort of appeal to your tech heads and so on. Probably half of the the venue, roughly a third to a half, was filled by um, this. What? How would you describe? Like a, a massive UFO yeah. um, type thing with with flashing lights on it and so on, right? So I mean, this just to give you an idea, this thing's probably. Um, a Dick Smith Supersaw multiplied by seven. <laughs> it, they're just ginormous. I mean, like Paul was saying, I mean, you have an aisle of video, you have an aisle of VGA cards. You have an, you have an aisle with motherboards on it. You have an aisle with cases on it. You have aisles just it just goes on and on. And they have TVs. Like I mean, Paul and I walking around. We took some photos. I mean, there was a seventy inch, eighty inch. Um, LCD or LE, no LCD screen there. Um, these things well, were, might have been plasma actually. Oh, plasma. Someone, sorry, yeah. yes, my apologies. But um, yeah, they were like three thousand dollars, three and a half thousand dollars. Yeah, and these things incredible. Were I mean, incredible electronics. And I guess because these guys have just got a whole bunch of stores and so on, uh, you know, they are able to sell these things at some some really impressive prices. And I guess that's something we're used to from the past. Is that you know usually electronics you can buy. Uh, at much better prices in the US than New Zealand and we certainly saw that especially with the current exchange rate so uh, needless to say we walked out with a um, uh, a, a trolley full of products <laughs> yeah which we'll hopefully um, review on next week's show all the bits and bobs that we've um, brought back with us from the States we've got some interesting gadgets that we can um, test and hopefully report back on you excellent alright uh, now on to the next topic Okay, so now for uh, now for some other uh, other news, but a local and uh, and international news. Now, just uh, today we heard that there have been a few issues with uh, one of the local online uh, retailers. Uh, well, one of the local retailers with an online site, Dick Smith Electronics. Yeah, it seems they've been offering a zero dollar value. Um prices for a lot of their services online which have been quite interesting for a few people I hear the, the Geek Zone people a few Geek Zone uh, people have purchased uh, 32 inch TVs for zero price and just had to pay for shipping $4.95 shipping and things like that for a, a MacBook Pro I heard uh, so um, yeah I think the guys at, um, at Dick Smith must have run into a few problems with their newly launched or relaunched website, right? Yeah, look, I mean, we're hearing reports through the IT community that there's been a few issues reported for a few weeks now, um, and the Geek Zone guys have been reporting that as well. So hopefully, hopefully um, Dick Smith get this up and um, running again pretty quickly because it is a good site. I really yeah, well, like using it. Well, they did pull the site offline. They put it back online now, so I think they seem to have solved that issue. My, the concern I've had with their new site is you don't seem to be able to as easily get access to the information that you had uh, before, usually any product that was in a store you'd be able to find online. Uh, I saw some product in um, one of their, their Auckland stores 
uh, a week or so ago and I thought, oh, that looks interesting. I want to find a little bit more out uh, about that, about the availability and so on. And I went onto their website and the product was not listed uh, as you know, you search for it and it wasn't there. So they definitely have got some issues with this new relaunched website. Yeah, it looks cool and so on, but some of the functionality that was there in their previous website is gone, which I don't think is going to help them. It's, yeah. not, it's harder to find you know, product availability before you could go into a product and it would show you all the stores in the country that have that product. Now you have to say, oh, well, I'm in you know, uh, central Auckland and if it likes your search of what you put in for Auckland CBD, which it may not, uh, if you get the right result, it'll tell you whether any stores in central Auckland have got it, but it won't tell you if there's a store in out east or south or west that's got it because you haven't searched for that area. Um, so it's 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 really uh, I think a bit disappointing in a, in a number of regards compared to their uh, their original website. Cool, but uh, yeah, I think they're 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 on top of anyway that issue of uh, of selling products for free. Uh, my guess is they're not going to honour any of those uh, so-called purchases because uh, no one's actually paid any money for the product. But uh, if anybody does receive. Uh, a nice shiny new TV for uh, just for the freight charges. We'd be very keen to uh, to hear from you and um, yeah, to hear how that went. Uh, other news now, Apple have, have got themselves in the news again in the last few days around security issues. Right, um, there was uh, was it the um, a security uh, arm of the German government that have uh, made some uh, will be giving out some warnings to. Um, there. Yeah, so um, the the German security arm have done some work and they've been a bit more dramatic. They've said the iOS operating system as a whole is completely unsecure. Uh, Apple's actually come out and said, look, what the Germans have found is actually a true vulnerability. Now, what that vulnerability is, is that a mail-formed PDF, so from an untrusted source, could have code in it that would run on iOS. Um, and, and that's bad because as we've always said you know, if you don't know where your email is coming from or you don't know where documents are coming from don't click on them PDFs have predominantly been fairly safe this proves that you really need to be careful on everything you look at right now and it can't just be a web link that you click on that that, that link actually opens up a, a PDF document so yeah with these malformed uh, documents that have you know, been deliberately produced in this way uh, basically bypasses all the security and can allow um, you know, your machine to be taken over and, and full you know, to admin level privileges to do whatever it wants to do in terms of accessing data and, and all sorts of things. So not an ideal situation is it? And the, 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 uh, the recommendation it, that they were giving uh, was that you uh, actually be very careful if you're going to go online at all on uh, on an iPad, iPhone, uh, or iPod. Yeah. So basically, the official agency recommendation right now is for Apple device users to guard against hackers by not opening any PDF documents from untrusted sources. They also advise Apple gadget users should limit their web browsing to reliable websites and avoid clicking on links and emails unless they are certain where those links have come from. So Apple have said that they've got to address this. They've given us no time frames at the moment. But I mean, this is one that all operating systems have gone through, Windows and Linux users beforehand. It's obviously as Apple gets more popular, they have these, these vector attacks as we've called them. Um, but yeah, for all the Apple users, just please be very careful out there. We don't want to give any sort of troubles that Windows got themselves into. No, no, and and it's good general advice as well. Don't don't open attachments on any email that you're not familiar with. Uh, you know, just be very cautious about that. If, and if some sort of offer you're getting over email sounds too good to be true, well, you know the story. Except Dick Smith for zero dollars. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So um, obviously we've been over in the US for the last three or four days and we've had a lot of new services light up, haven't we, on, on, the, on our little toys that we've got over here. Yeah, it's good. Even even just, you know, open up my laptop and uh, jump into the search engines, whether I'm on Google or Bing and so on, we just see a lot more, uh, a lot more uh, integration re results. Yeah. The way things are integrated together is really nice. Uh, we, you know, we've been using... Um, some of these features out of the new Windows Phone uh, software in terms of navigation. We've been testing uh, testing out some of that stuff. That's been very very good. Uh, we've been you know testing out some of the voice capabilities and other things that come up with a with a uh, device that's set up for the US. Uh, but I did a search for uh, some flight uh, uh, particular um, flight uh, Qantas flight earlier. 
and what I found was you know Google search engines you know popped up the the details of arrivals and and so on. Bing does something very similar, uh, but we don't see these these sort of extra capabilities uh, when we use the same. Uh, portals and so on and search engines within New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, when we're going to Google or Bing, you've got the automatic, you're automatically signed in, which you have in New Zealand, but you also have all these other features that come up when it automatically um, signs you in. So, yeah, for me, I've noticed a lot more of the services, um, especially on the Mango phone that we've both got while we're running over here at the moment. Um, the the um, Bing search engine does all this stuff where it works, um, works out where you are and works out what restaurants and locations are around us. Yeah, there's this local scout capability, isn't there, which, uh, you know, you go in there and it tells you different yeah different places that are around nearby where you are and you've got reviews and, and various other bits of information available which is yeah. it's very cool and they just don't have that information uh, available or you know set up for areas like New Zealand just yet right yeah so the other cool cool thing we've been doing is we hired a car now that may not sound exciting but this is a new car by Ford which has the Microsoft sync services built into it and it allows you to pair your phone to the car, and by pairing your phone, suddenly your, I suppose the best way to explain it is your phone becomes part of the car, and again, that navigation services, we managed to drive all around LA, um, and when we did list, listen to the service, we got lost, um, but it was really good having this rich interface all built into the dashboard of the car, the GPS system pulled it from the phone, um, it had an app store, it looked like an app store, app store in there, we could download applications from, it was really quite an interesting service. What did you think? Yeah, yeah, re- really, really nice. And uh, I mean, we had we had to. It was a little bit unfortunate. We had to hire uh, one of the uh, the flasher uh, um, SUV vehicles to, um, uh, to to find one that had uh, Ford Sync and, and Bluetooth and so on. Uh, but yeah, really, really nice. Some you know great capabilities there. And some of the stuff wasn't wasn't turned on because it was a rental and you've got to go through some processes to to fire that up but you know some of the capabilities of, of Ford Sync and things like your turn by turn directions uh, they've got this 911 assist music search which you know pulls stuff from uh, you know from your from your phone via Bluetooth yeah it showed just some of the basics that it showed us as soon as we paired our phone uh, you know it was like a, one of the higher end Bluetooth devices that pulls through uh, things like your battery level on your phone and uh, your you know signal strength and so on as you're driving around. So it's nice to see that stuff displayed up on this you know, nice big uh, screen in the car. Um, you know, you can run these things like a vehicle health report that it emails through and and you know, traffic alerts. Uh, it's got an ability to read out your text messages and that works That's across a, num- a number of phones. Uh, we were because we were using Windows Phone Seven, the, the the Mango update. That's got that functionality built into the into the phone anyway. But with other phones such as iPhone and Android handsets, uh, it's able to dive in and actually pull out your text messages and read those to you. Uh, so we we were trying out a lot of those sort of functions and really really nice. Now I don't think the Ford Sync capability uh, is really available in a lot of countries outside the US yet. So I don't think we've got it in New Zealand yet. Is that right, Brad? Yeah. No. From what we've managed to find out, we don't have that ability yet. Um, I really hope they get it um, and, and again while it's the Microsoft sync I know that other I think BMW is doing some work with Apple as well and I, I understand there are a couple of other Android based devices coming through um, and I think it's really good to see this level of mobile platform whether it's iPad or iPod or Windows phone whatever built into the cars now that we can actually take our information with us like podcasts um, you know music but also being able to do that um, read out your text to you and then voice control text messages back that was great for us as we were driving along um, we had to put on a bit of an American accent to get it working which is quite hilarious <laughs> but um, yeah it was really really good um, very good service and I, I hope it is something that we do get down in New Zealand it would be, be nice to see yeah, I've, I've just pulled up a little bit more information here that's come through around the um, around some of the sync stuff, and there is some suggestion that it, that it is coming through into into markets other than just the US. So we'll try and find a little bit more info about that um, from the four guys to see what um, uh, to see what the actual story is on that. But uh, that, yeah, it would certainly be great if we could get our hands on that uh, yeah, lo- really. locally. Uh, 
back in New Zealand. And you know, again, it's good good to see uh, you know a bit of competition in this in this sort of space in terms of capabilities that are coming into the vehicles. That pushes things along, and certainly if, if other manufacturers are, are bringing things um, into the space, then that'll 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 just you know help up the ante a little bit. So um, yeah, really good stuff there. Uh, phones, we've um, one of the things, one of the challenges that that uh, we all have when we travel is the cost of actually roaming with data and phone calls and so on. Uh, so that's something we talked about on one of the earlier shows that we'd uh, um, we'd share a few insights into uh, some of the techniques that, that that we've used when we travel. So what we've done on this occasion with this particular trip is uh, I already had a, uh, a SIM card that I've travelled with before uh, for the US. So that's a US-based SIM card. Uh, it's on AT&T's network. And what we've got is, um, uh, it's basically a prepay uh, SIM, I guess is how you would think about it, in a New Zealand uh, type of sense. Although in the US, they're, they're sort of a hybrid. It's sort of a, a plans that you, you pay for, but you can change them at, at any time. Uh, but you pay and you do pay in advance for those sort of uh, little plans so that's what we're doing now what we we bought in terms of data for each of our handsets is a $25 uh, US data bundle which gives us 500 megs worth of data now if we compare that with what that data would have cost if we had bought it from let's say we bought it from uh, Vodafone who I think is still charging $10 a meg that would be $5,000 worth of data <laughs> uh, so that wasn't really an option for Brad or for me. Uh, we're just not going to be in a position to be able to do that. But we really did want to be able to, you know, get in and, and use some of this the mobile technology to its fullest here in the US. So we really did need a way to do it. And so these AT and T uh, Go Phone SIM cards that we've got have allowed us to do that. Uh, there obviously there are other bundles like for instance. Uh, uh, telecom and two degrees off a hundred meg bundles for a hundred dollars but still we would have shot past even those data limits so uh, you know really really handy and they have local calling plans and so on as well so you know we've got a, a two dollar a day calling and, and SMS plan which allows us to use our phones for an unlimited amount um, to call anywhere in the US any text messages uh, within the US and so on as well so it's a it's a reasonably in, in, enticing offer from from those regards I mean certainly you can't get a an unlimited calling plan for uh, for those sort of dollars in New Zealand so it's really good yeah I mean and I mean Paul's right I mean, it's been valuable especially obviously as we've been using the car and the, and the sync service in the car my one frustration though obviously is that um, Paul's phone uh, that he currently uses in New Zealand is an AT&T Samsung Focus and I'm on an HT HTC Trophy. Now they are a little bit out of sync in, in the bandwidths that they use, the frequencies they use. And uh, for me, I've had I, while I've had text messaging, the data plan has been a bit frustrating. So if you are coming over, um, be aware that your telecom or Vodafone or even Two Degrees phone will have potentially some issues over here. Depending on which network you yep. go onto, the best the best setup actually is if you've got a phone designed for the XT network. Uh, that's very similar to AT&T's network in many ways, so that comes across best. Uh, the phone, the Vodafone and Two Degrees handsets work really well, but only up to um, the sort of 2.5 uh, G type internet performance, which we're really talking about uh, 300 um, kilobits per second type uh, type performance. So, you know, a, a lot slower than what you're able to get on on the on the 3G, which can be you know 10 times that all. Or more, and in fact, the uh, AT&T network is now considered 4G with its HSPA uh, plus speeds in the you know 42 uh, megabits uh, type region now. So um, yeah, and I mean, look, I mean, one of the things for me is that it, I, I keep having dropouts and bits and pieces. But like Paul keeps telling me, as I get frustrated and swear at AT&T, that my phone's not designed to work on their network. So if you are coming outside New Zealand, just think about that and. and don't take it out on the on the carrier because it may not be their fault, but but it may be too. And, and <laughs> you know, America is a big place to cover with cell sites, and no one seems to have got the perfect answer there. But uh, 
uh, it's certainly been really helpful having those having those SIM cards. So, so, yeah. so one other interesting thing, and if I just look at the nose, is that and you and I were talking about this earlier today, Paul, is that when you look around, we've, we've obviously been in LA, we've been walking around different parts of Los Angeles. The I've seen a lot of actually Blackberries. I've seen a lot of iPhones. I have not seen a lot of Google phones. And in New Zealand, I see a lot of Google phones everywhere when I walk around. Would you agree with that? Or have you seen a different when you've been going around? Yeah, no, I, I mean, sometimes it's, I guess it's easier to see the iPhones. They stand out more because, yeah. they're be, because they all look the same, right? Uh, there are some more sort of generic looking phones. It would be a little bit harder to tell what they are. Uh, but, you know, I, I would agree with that. And then, of course, you know, this afternoon we've, we've, we've been down, uh, you know, visiting the Microsoft conference. And, of course, in, in that particular area, yeah, you've got a lot of people with, with Windows phones as well. And iPhones, though. Um, and, and iPhones, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and um, so you've got a mix there. But that, that's true. We didn't... Yeah, I would say we haven't haven't seen uh, so many of the of uh, Android, you know, based handsets. So. Which is yeah, kind of interesting. And I think New Zealand's definitely embraced Android, whereas in this little segment we've seen, it's just been interesting sort of talking about that. So anyway, we'll wait and see. We'll move on. Yeah, but I mean that said, others I've spoken to here are, are, are loving their Android, you know, phones. So oh, yeah. there's a there's a whole mix. That's for sure. All right. Uh, now next next up on the agenda. Um, we, I'd like just to have a little bit of a chat about what's what's coming up on the the podcast over the next few days. So what we what we're doing this week is something quite different to anything we've done previously. Uh, so this this is episode nineteen, and this will be uh, online um, Monday night in New Zealand time. What we've got coming up on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights uh, will be individual. Uh, uh, separate uh, podcast episodes where Brad and I will basically be covering off what's been happening at Microsoft's WPC conference or Worldwide Partner Conference here in Los Angeles and there's just going to be a whole mix of different things each day. Uh, now this conference is, is targeted primarily at Microsoft's uh, partner community which is the uh, you know the organisations from from telecoms Genoi organisation who are an IT services company uh, through the various software companies around the world there's a whole mix of partners that Microsoft have and in New Zealand I don't know how many partners there are uh, Brad would you oh, know I that they're in the, in, the, in the hundreds that's for sure oh no no it's, it's in, not the in the thousands yeah it's yeah. in the thousands yeah. I mean I think one of the big things though is Paul and I have actually had a sneak peek at the main um, I suppose hall where the exhibition centre and I mean there is Everyone is there, Citrix, AMD, HP, Connect, Surface, uh, Private Cloud, Azure, I mean, you name it, they're all there. All so, the business technologies are there, aren't they? Oh, even the consumer yeah. stuff with the and, phone. And a bunch of consumer yeah. stuff. Too. So yeah. we're going to be able to give you a really good update of what we're seeing, what we're going to do. We're hopefully going to have some interviews with some of the key Microsoft people floating around um, or maybe some um, people within the IT industry. But yeah, we'll basically be giving you a summary of what the keynote speakers are every day. Um, tomorrow morning we have Steve Barmer and we'll just roll through. So if you are keen to hear what's going on and have a, a bit of a wrap-up of how the show, what's going on from a direct Microsoft perspective, then do you tune in? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, it's, you know, it's different from our normal shows, obviously, we, we, you know, we talk about all the technologies and so on. Uh, these episodes are aimed, you know, primarily at that sort of um, uh, technology industry and partner community, uh, but if that stuff interests you or you just want to hear a little bit of the latest stuff that, that's coming, uh, you know, through from Microsoft, then, hey, you everyone's welcome to listen in and uh, you know we will be we will certainly be keeping busy over these next few days pulling that information uh, together so it's it's going to be a fun few days it's going to be fairly full on it's going to be uh, five podcasts and five days for us so yeah. and we've got a couple of surprises that's all I'm allowed to say we've got a couple of surprises so, <laughs> so we're quite excited about that little bits and pieces uh, coming together there and uh, hopefully uh, you know we'll, we'll be able to get all those things tied down and, and, and recorded and uh, up there for everyone to, uh, to hear about so, uh, so just quickly, I, this isn't on our agenda, but I just want to, we've just actually, I've had an update come through. Um, the Microsoft Imagine Cup is currently on in New York at the moment where young university students propose, from around the world, propose clever bases of technology to solve world problems. Um, 
New Zealand's Team Team One Buzz, which has um, got a solution for helping battle malaria, has just made it through to the last round of six, and they will find out in the next few days of where they're positioned. So it's been a huge achievement. I think it's 94 countries. Um, it's a very heavy two-week process, which involves uh, being interviewed by Barmer himself as well uh, for each country. So Team One Buzz, congratulations for getting this far. That's it's, great. Now, just now, I mean. As Kiwis, we like to know how we're doing against Australia. Can you, can you, can you, can you fill us in on that, Bradley? So, um, Team Australia, bless their hearts, flew Qantas, and Qantas lost their luggage, which included all their demo equipment. Um, so they didn't actually make it out of the first round. Um, team One Buzz flew in New Zealand, and obviously they're in the final round of six, uh, of six teams left. So, yeah, you can take anything you want about the Qantas New Zealand thing. Well, there. I, I flew here on Qantas, and I'm I'm hoping to fly back on Qantas, <laughs> and and hopefully with all the technology and, and gadgets that I've purchased here. Yes, but uh, I'm feeling a little bit worried now after hearing that story, Brad. Uh, yeah. So maybe I should uh, give you all the electronics to take back on uh, on in. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, look, I really want to say congratulations to Team One Buzz. I know John Key's just um, done a tweet about them and is sort of celebrating the success. And I think it's something we need to be proud of in this country that we do have some very, very smart people, and it's great to see it coming from our, um, our universities as well. So absolutely, well done, yeah. One Buzz. Very great, proud. great innovation coming there. So we've bought uh, a number of gadgets and bits and pieces while we're here, haven't we, Brad? Yeah, we've actually had a bit of a shopping um, spree out at Fry's. And yeah, and a little bit through uh, through Amazon and 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 other channels as well. So uh, it's it's hard not to get tempted when you're amongst all of these you know bits of technology and gadgets that are either a um, a lot cheaper than New Zealand in some cases, uh, or b they're not available, or c it just seems to be yeah a combination of. Yeah, you know, they're not being available, and if they were, they wouldn't wouldn't be at these sort of prices. There right? is a D. Paul Spain in a candy store without breaking everything. <laughs> Stop it, you! <laughs> no, look, we've we've had a, we've had a great time, and I think out at Fry's for me, I, I made two sort of good purchases. I, I reckon, which I cannot wait to get back to New Zealand. One is the Roku. Uh, little box at the moment which allows me to get my Netflix and Hulu and a couple of other internet services in a little box online onto a, a TV via HDMI or component um, what that'll mean is I don't have to use my Xbox as the Netflix, the main Netflix. So it gives you another option to, to put totally. Netflix in another room, another TV, that sort of thing, yep. without such an expensive box, right? Yeah. And these are available range of price points between sixty and a hundred US dollars, depending on the features in the box and so on. But this one's got an Ethernet connection, Wi-Fi, yep. uh, yeah, a number of other bits and pieces. You got your little remote control and so on. Um, I really like the the Roku product from what I've seen of it so far. I've ordered one of these as well, and I also already have a Roku uh, a Roku um, audio player at home, and that plugs into my stereo. So the way that we've been listening to music, uh, my house for some time is just through this Roku box. So we don't need to have a CD player, we don't need to have a computer, any of that stuff. Our main music is just through this tiny, this well, pretty small little box, a remote yeah. control. We can access online radio from yeah. You know, yeah, hundreds or thousands of stations around the world and all our music collection that sits on other computers on the network uh, very very nicely handled so um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually us getting a hands on that so we'll cover that off on uh, probably next week's episode or the week after we'll talk about all those bits and pieces that we've, we've bought and played with uh, but Roku is definitely one of the one of the cooler bits of uh, tech and it's about 80 US dollars which is nothing you know 100 100 Kiwi so yeah. in terms of the capabilities it gives you it's it's very good when I look at the audio only box that I bought uh, maybe two three years ago those were around 200 US at that stage just to do the audio yeah. this is there yeah, this is full video it's fantastic and yeah. and it does a, a lot of the radio type content as well so um, that's that's a great little box there are a few other bits and pieces uh, you also got uh, one of the Sony uh, bloggy yeah uh, HD uh, portable sort of camera um, devices right yeah look this is um, Cisco had their little flip this is sort of the Cisco flip on steroids um, basically Sony have bought out this beautiful little HD recorder um, digital camera it's probably the same size as cigarette packet I've got my cigarette packet fetish back again um, and this one's actually got dual screens on it so front and back screens um, it does a 5 megapixel still picture um, and can record up for 2 hours on 1080p high definition so 
it, it really it looks really good at the moment I've been doing a bit of recording as we're going around WPC today um, so I've got some of the setup of WPC with the technology that we've been able to get our hands on that we'll be talking about over the next few days um, and also some of the surprises we've got coming up over the next few days as well but um, yeah really really pleased with that one for me what about you Paul what have you got uh, Apple I've, TV yeah so I've got one of the local Apple TVs I'm not sure where there's really any difference at all with the New Zealand one uh, but the main thing that they, that they have here um, in the US is it does tie into Netflix as well that was a similar price actually the Roku box about $20 more uh, and so yeah I didn't have an Apple TV before so I thought well I'll grab one of those as well to uh, to try out and with the exchange rate you know you're talking 120 something dollars to you know Kiwi to buy that so it's um, yeah it's a, it's a little bit a little bit enticing to you know try out a few of these little bits and pieces one of the cool things we saw actually was also we saw a Sony Blu-ray player for $74 but it had Netflix built in now this thing couldn't take New Zealand power otherwise I would have bought one but the device prices over here are just I mean are ridiculously cheap for Blu-ray players I mean Blu-ray with Netflix built in Ethernet $74 full Sony so it's a nice brand name and everything so the pricing that we're finding over here when we're looking at things is just yeah I mean what we pay in New Zealand is not double but even with the exchange rate right now it's brilliant to buy things over here and we've just seen such big uh, adoption here of Netflix so you know it is frustrating that it's not sort of officially available in New Zealand but um, yeah it's good that there are some obviously some ways to sort of get around that and get access to that stuff uh, there were some r other really nice sort of cameras and devices and so we saw in Sony there was yeah a, a range a range of things across the various stores um, but obviously we, we've we're, we're limited on budgets and sizes of suitcases and so on yeah. but uh, we'll certainly chat about the, those smaller items which we bought which is what we tended to get little you yeah. know accessories and things like camera tripods as, as well which you know again those sort of accessories you, you tend to pay a lot more for in New Zealand so uh, you know we've, we've picked up a few of those things too so I, think, I think we've annoyed people by telling them how great it is over here so <laughs> so do we have a winner Mr. Spain for the competition okay so for the for the last two weeks we have been running in conjunction uh, with the guys at two degrees we've been giving away uh, the LG Optimus 2x which is a really cool um, lovely dual course um, uh, dual CPU um, core or dual core CPU in it um, lovely you know high res screen it's got the um, 1080p uh, video in it uh, HDMI all of those things uh, and happy to say we do have a winner who is going to take home this thousand dollar camera now just as a quick heads up to our winner um, we're going to get this sent out to you so if there is a small delay it's while we're just coming back from LA but we hope to have this out to you really really soon and the winner is and the winner is this one came up from our draw uh, Bradley picked the number and it is if I've got the name right uh, Sasha Belcourt who is based I think here we go uh, Torbay Auckland so um, congratulations to uh, Sasha and we will be uh, getting that uh, that lovely little handset out to you um, yeah, fairly shortly. And we'll try and pop you a quick email probably tomorrow because it's about it's very late here in um, the LA right now. It's uh, currently twelve thirty in the evening, morning, right at the moment as we record this. So we'll hopefully get that out to you, let you know in writing as well. And we do want to say thank you very much to everyone who has been listening in and supporting the NZ Tech podcast. We're really, really appreciative of all the fantastic emails and the encouragement that's come in uh, via email, Facebook, Twitter, all those sort of things. And yeah, just appreciate everyone sort of spreading the word and, and letting others know about the show. So we certainly hope you continue enjoying it. We've got a few other things up our up our sleeve for the future. Price now, covered. Now we did uh, we did say uh, last week we'd be telling you about um, something something else new coming up in terms of a, a video episode yes uh, so we could we've we've got the details that are, are mostly locked down now now this is something that we've been we've been hoping to do for a while what we're what we're wanting to do and we've seen this with some of the overseas uh, 
uh, podcasters, some of them will do a video episode each week and so on. We're, we don't think we're sort of ready to do that, but what we were doing was looking around at some of the big, uh, or some of the conferences in New Zealand where there would might be an audience on hand that would suit for us to do the NZ Tech podcast. Now, the first uh, one of those that we approached uh, has been the Microsoft Tech Ed team who run, I think it's the biggest technology conference in it New is Zealand. Is most right? definitely, yes, 2,900 um, attendees. Okay, so yeah, we're, we're looking if there's a, there's a reasonably big audience there. Um, we've been given permission to use one of their uh, one of their rooms and we will be able to do our first sort of uh, uh, NZ Tech podcast in front of a studio audience at that. That's coming up is late August. Yeah, late August. It's going to be on the Wednesday night, so the first night of Tech Ed. Um, we're going to look to start broadcasting between 6.30 and quarter to 7. We're just trying to lock that in. Um, as Paul said, we've got a room of about, I think we could hold between 50 to 100 people. Um, if we get more than 20 people turning up, I've said I'd be happy. Um, but look, what we're looking to do is have some on-stage guests come up with us as well. We'll do this as a video and audio podcast and have this up online. Um, very very the same sort of style as Engadget. We want to sort of get the audience involved as well. So um, we will flick you some more details next Tuesday around this and we'll have exact times and, and how you can actually come along and attend it as yeah, well. Yeah, as those things come together, we'll uh, we'll just lock them lock them down and uh, and, and let everyone know. Uh, it's a bit of a work in progress and we're certainly hoping there'll be other conferences and things from uh, you know across the industry in New Zealand that we can uh, make the most of and, and plug into with uh, uh, you know future future episodes uh, but we'll see how this first one goes whether it's something that works and we'll look forward to your feedback whether it's something you enjoy seeing a bit of a live show and um, the extra things that we might be able to do by getting in front of a video and then showing off some of the technology uh, from a visual perspective as well as just chit chat about it so, yeah and also let us know about prizes too if you've enjoyed having the prize giving um, it helps us go out and get more prizes from um, great people like Two Degrees um, who can hopefully sponsor some more for us yeah yeah excellent alright well we're going to wrap up because uh, it's fairly late at night here in, in LA and uh, as we said we've got four more shows coming this week all about the um, the Microsoft WPC conference here and uh, yeah we, we hope uh, those of you who are interested in, in uh, those things that we'll cover will uh, we'll tune back in otherwise if you're just interested in hearing our normal show then hey we'll, we'll be uh, we'll back on uh, again next week similar sort of uh, time we're usually available from uh, sort of Tuesday night uh, Wednesday morning New Zealand time when uh, when the episodes are available for downloading and, and listening uh, you'll find us as usual online nztechpodcast.com of course on Twitter our handle there is nztechpodcast and facebook.com slash nztechpodcast so you know please come in and say hi to us through those channels and uh, you know we love love to have uh, have you guys sort of following us and, and firing questions at us for uh, uh, for future shows so yeah thanks very much for listening in thanks guys and congratulations to Sasha too we'll get in contact with you soon and like Paul said please give us your feedback we want questions we want to be able to sort of find out what's going and what interests you guys and girls. So thanks, have a good evening. Bye. Bye. Bye.